doing good? Hey, man, I'm glad to be in God's house. Are you? Come on. Well, if it's your first time, I want to give you a special welcome. So glad that you're here on a Wednesday night in God's house. You could be anywhere else, but here you are right here. So we're excited that you're here. Make sure you come back, stop over at New to Youth, and you can spin the wheel. And if you bring a friend, you can spin the wheel and hang out there as well. Hope you feel right at home. Why don't we give it up for everyone joining us for the first time once again. Man, I, I, I can't tell you how excited I am to be here and excited to preach God's word. I'm, I believe God has a word for us. Are you ready to receive it? We're in a series called This Is The Week. Man, there's no time like now. There's no time like now. This is the moment. This is the hour. This is the week. I believe it's prophetic, prophetic statement over you and your life that this is the week that you'll see God in a whole new way, that you'll have a revelation of his love, that this will be the week that you make a decision to walk with the Lord, talk with the Lord, and be with the Lord. I'm excited. I'm believing that this is the week that you'll see breakthrough, that you'll see God move and work in a whole new way. Well, let's get into the word. I'm excited. We're going to start in a passage, 1 Samuel I mean, Allison was there for the giving encouragement. Man, what a great encouragement. Uh, give some love to Allison. What an amazing leader. We love Allison. Well, we're in 1 Samuel, and maybe you, this is your first time in church. Maybe you grew up in church. But who, who, who's heard of David, King David, David and Goliath? Yeah, it's a pretty famous story. It's not just a story. It's a real event. It's not just some, a tale that we tell. This is something that actually happened. And you know that David went on to become the king of Israel, but he was just a boy. He was just a young student. He was a youth when he slayed Goliath. Goliath was an enemy. He was, the, I mean, we're not clapping for Goliath. You don't got to clap for Goliath. But Goliath was this nine-foot-tall beast of an, uh, not even an animal, I mean, he's a man, but he's just different, and he was intimidating the whole nation, but David said, nah, nah, I ain't having none of that, I know my God is too big, and David, we, if you haven't heard this story, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil it, but he kills Goliath with a sling and a rock, cuts off his head, and says, how about that, yeah, I know, it's pretty crazy, hey, the Bible is better than TV, and you read the Bible, you won't have some, some good things uh, to read about. But we pick up here. But it didn't start off, the story didn't start with David killing Goliath. Let's read, starting in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of this roasted grain, and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to your brothers. His brothers were a part of the army. His brothers were warriors. His brothers was a part of the Israelite army who was fighting against Goliath and his army. And David, his, his father said, I want you to take what you have. I want you to take this lunch and take it and give it to your brothers so they got some strength to fight this battle. He said, bring also these 10 slices of cheese to the commander of their 10,000, of their thousand, and look into the well-being of your brothers 
and bring back confirmation from them. For Saul and they and all the men of Israel are in the valley of Elah fighting the Philistines. And in verse 26, David pulls up on the scene with the lunch. And then he looks and he's like, yo, I just came to give lunch, but this is crazy. This guy, Goliath, he's talking crazy. Everyone's afraid of him. We might lose this battle. Then David said to the men who were standing by him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and rids Israel of the disgrace? He said, we, if we lose this, we're going to be in some trouble. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he has dared to defy the armies of the living God? If you, if you want to know more about God, raise your hand. If you want to know, know more about God, stretch your hands high. I want to know more about God. Father, we're so grateful to be in this place, Lord. Keep your hands raised. Father, we're so grateful to be in this place. We pray that you would speak, God, that we're, our hearts are open, willing, and ready to receive all that you're going to do, all that you want to say. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can clap for Jesus. The title of my message, Ready or Not. Ready or Not. I... I, I've, I've talked about this before, but one of the sports that I played, well, not really played, but I participated in was track and field. And if you know anything about track, you know that there's a start and there's a finish. But there's something that the announcer says before you go. He says, ready, set, go. And I was thinking, maybe, maybe that'll be the topic. Maybe that can be the title. Maybe that will be what I'm preaching from. And then I felt like God was challenging me. And I think it's a question for you, too. Does ready really come before go? Does ready really come before go? I think that's a question that we can all ponder on. And I think it's a profound question to ask yourself. Does ready come before go? And I, I, I'm going to be honest. I think from, by our standards or our definition of ready, I would say no. I don't know if ready comes before go. Because, you know, I, I believe ready is important. Ready, ready is important. You got to be ready. You need to be ready. Ready is important. One of my biggest fears before, I mean, not so much anymore before, was heights. And I hated roller coasters. I did not want to be on a roller coaster. It was just something about being up in the air under someone else's control that I'm, I, I don't want any parts of. But one of my biggest fears is, you know, you, you, get, you get up into the line, of the, uh, the line for the roller coaster, and you hop inside, and then you're sitting down, and you're ready, and, you, you know, you're playing with your seat, your seatbelt, whatever the, the thing that's supposed to support you, and then the, the guy who's, who's getting ready to start, he's like, all right, everybody ready? No, no, I'm not ready. My seat, my seatbelt is not, re I'm not ready. Do not go. If my seatbelt is, if this is not strapped down, I'm done. I'm gone. I'm going to glory to be with Jesus. I need my seatbelt to be strapped. What is one of my biggest fears that they're going to start and it's not, it's not up. It's not, it's not down. It's not strapped. That's one of my biggest fears. Anytime I'm, I'm, I'm before he even, I'm like, hey, 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 come check this. You got to check this. Don't even go anywhere. Come check. We good? We straight? Are we all good? Because ready is important. I need to be ready before we start this or else it's over with. I'm done. Bye-bye. 
here I come, Jesus. But ready is important because ready is a marker. It helps us understand where we are. It helps us to determine where we are before the next step. Ready is important. It's important to be ready. Ready is important. I, I need my seatbelt to be strapped in the roller coaster seat before you start. It's important to be ready. But the thing about ready is ready can be so relative. Ready can be so confusing. Ready can be so vague. I mean, you and me, we can have totally different definitions of ready. I mean, I know I have a different, different definition of ready than my mom. 110%. I'll be like, you know, me and my mom are getting ready to go somewhere. And I'm like, all right, mom, you, you ready to go? It's, it's been 15 minutes. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. Let me just go take a shower really quick. What do you mean? How are you ready? You got to go take, let me just go put on my makeup. Like, no. Are you ready? Mom, are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Let me just go make this phone call really quick. You know how SpongeBob is like an hour later. Like, that, that's really, that was my best impression of it. Uh, don't judge me. But that's why I'm like, me and my mom, we have totally different definitions of ready. We have different definitions of ready. That's the thing that makes ready so confusing sometimes. I know me and Ellie, we have different definitions of ready. When she, when she makes up her mind to go somewhere, she's like, I'm going somewhere. I'll just put some clothes on. I'm ready to go. I'm out. I'm like, no, no, I, we, hold up, wait a minute. We got a baby. We got to make sure she has food. We got to make sure she has her binky. We got to make sure she has her diaper bag is packed. We gotta make, you you got to make sure, I know you're wearing contacts, but do you have an extra pair of glasses just in case something happens? No, I'm, I, I got to make sure I got my phone charger, got everything on my wallet. I got, what makes me feel ready is that I'm prepared. But for her, she's like, I'm deciding now I'm ready. All right, come on, let's go. We have different definitions of ready. Ready can be confusing. Ready can be ambiguous. Ready can be relative. We can have different definitions of ready. So what is ready? What does it mean to be ready? Because I, I know there's some of you in here that you're like, I, I'm not ready to say yes to Jesus. I'm not ready to take this thing serious. I'm not ready to take that next step. I'm not ready to get baptized. I'm not ready to start that devotional. I'm not ready to come to youth every week. I'm not ready to come to church on Sunday. I'm not ready. And a lot of us, we have the wrong definition of what it means to be ready. What is ready? Does ready mean to do everything, to prepare ourselves? To make sure that we're fully prepared, everything's all good, the checklist is great, I'm ready. I don't really know. Because I remember I was telling the leaders, the first time I went on a plane, I was 18, it was for senior trip. Who, who went on senior trip? Are you any seniors in here? Yeah, senior, or leaders, senior trip was amazing, Disney World. But it was senior trip, and all of, up until that point, I was like, I'm not stepping foot in an airport. I'm not even going close. I do not want to be on a plane. I'm that. You can miss me with that. But then senior trip was coming out, and I was like, I have a bigger fear, and it's FOMO, and I am not doing this. I can't do this. I got to make sure that I get to senior trip, so I'll do whatever it takes. But, you know, I, I made sure everything was good. I, I, pre I prepped. I planned. I made sure my bag was packed. And we got to the airport. We got on the plane, and a couple of my friends, they were laughing. You know, they had been on the plane before, and they decided to make some jokes. They were like, oh, man, I hope this, this plane doesn't go down. Bro, why are you going to say that? I was good. I was great. I Miss BB, I think I got to go. I'm going to call my mom. She's going to come pick me up. I can't do this right now. I was like, yo, honestly, I got to move my seat. I can't sit next to them. They're going to be messing with me this whole time. 
And I, I had made sure all my, I, I had everything ready. But on the inside, I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this thing. And you know, honestly, everything was good besides the life-threatening turbulence. <laughs> I was good until everything started shaking. I was shaking worse than a cowboy and a bull. It was not fun. Everything was going good. That was the worst time to have as the first flight. I'll be honest. I, it took me a while before I can get on another plane. But nothing I packed could prepare me for the turbulence that I went through. That was my first time on a plane. That was my first time I was holding that seat so tight. I was shaking. I was so scared. But nothing could have prepared me for that moment as much as I prepared myself. So does ready really mean that you can do everything in your own power? I don't really know if ready means that in your own strength you prepare yourself. Does ready mean that you know everything? I'll be honest. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's true either. I know a lot of us, we're like, if I can just, God, just tell me. Just give me the blueprint of what's going to happen, and then I'll do it. Tell me everything that I need to know. I'll be honest. Personally, I, I probably have had the craziest two years of my life. So much change. I mean, after graduating Bible college, I got married, and then we had a daughter, and then we moved, and then I became a pastor. Like, that's a lot of change. And I'll be honest, I didn't know at all what it'd be like changing a diaper at 3 a.m. in the morning when you're tired and you have a headache. I mean, when, people, when you're having a baby, everyone's like, oh, congratulations, but they don't tell you that part. There's some things that God is going to put into your life that you just don't know what it looks like yet. You just don't know what it means. You don't know what's on the other side of that next step. And I don't know if being ready is the same thing as knowing everything. Because by that standard, David would have never killed Goliath. David was just getting up to, to, to feed and serve his brothers. David did not get up that morning brushing his teeth. I'm going to kill Goliath. He didn't even know who Goliath was. He was, just, he was just doing what was in front of him. David didn't, David didn't get up that morning putting on his shoes. He get, put, a, put a rock in his bag. Like, I'm going to kill this fool. Just wait. David didn't know what was ahead. All David was doing was being faithful with what was in front of him. I got, let's, let's go back, because I don't know if you really believe me. In verse 20, his, his, his dad was telling him to just go and feed your brothers. And that's all David wanted to do. He was like, I'm just going to go serve my bros. I'm just going to make sure that they got what they need, that they're, they're ready to go. I'm just going to go and serve my brothers. I'm just going to be obedient to what, to what my dad says. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do this as though I'm serving the Lord. And David went to serve his brothers with a, with a posture of service. And it says, verse 20, so David got up early in the morning and left the flock with a keeper and took the supplies and went as Jesse had commanded him, his father. And he came to the entrenchment encircling the, clamp, the camp while the army was going out in battle formation, shouting the war cry. He was just going, he, he found himself, he just stepped into the wrong situation at the wrong time. All he was doing was go give his brother some lunch, maybe some pizza rolls. I don't know. He was just being obedient. And in verse 26, because he then at the closer he got, the more he started hearing Goliath talking trash. And he's like, hold up, hold up. Hold my, hold my pizza. Who is this guy? Who is this dude talking trash about God, about my God? 
David, David did not know that there would be Goliath on the other side, just like you don't know the opportunities on the other side of your obedience. You don't know the things that God is going to bless you with. You don't know the things that you're going to see and experience, the good things that God has for you on the other side of that opportunity. And David didn't disqualify himself just because he wasn't prepared. David didn't disqualify himself just because he didn't know that there was going to be a battle there. He said, hold up, wait a minute. If y'all scared, that's on y'all. I'm here as a servant of the Most High God. And he wasn't so consumed with being, preparing himself. He wasn't so consumed with knowing everything. All he did was he was faithful with what was in front of him. And he was obedient. And on the other side of that was an opportunity. And I love it because David, his brothers were upset. They were like, yo, you just trying to come up here and steal our thunder. He's like, no, fool. Dad told me to come here and feed you. But I see something that is disturbing me because I am a servant of God. And there's just some things when you're serving God that just rubs you the wrong way. There's just some things when you love the Lord that you just can't pass up. There's just some things when you see someone struggling, when you see someone sad, there's just something you know within yourself that you got an encouragement to give, that you got to pray for them, that you got to share the gospel. Because the same thing that blessed you, you know it will bless them. If you truly love the Lord and the servant of the Most High God, there's just some things that you cannot ignore. And David said, I don't know about y'all, but I got a God. And I know that I didn't wake up knowing that this was going to happen. I know that I didn't wake up ready to fight a battle. But God, whatever you have for me, I'm ready. Whatever you have planned for me, I'm going to step into it. And I believe that's a word for you guys. You may not know everything that's going to happen. You may not know what's on the other side of that step. But God, I love it because God met David right where he was. And a lot of us talk ourselves out of taking next steps. A lot of, our, a lot of us talk ourselves out of doing what's uncomfortable because we think we're going to be alone in it. But what David said, I'm going to encourage you. Read 1 Samuel 17 and 18. You'll be blessed by it. And maybe later tonight, maybe tomorrow, go ahead and read the, the whole passage for yourself. But David said, this battle belongs to the Lord. I'm not disqualifying myself because I'm not doing it in my own strength. I know that God is preparing me. I know that God is meeting me right where I am. And I know this opportunity, I'm going to step into it, whether I, whether I believe I'm ready or not. And I... I think it's such a powerful thing for us to remember that God will meet us on the other side of our step. I, I love David's posture because David met a lot of opposition on his way to serving God and doing what he put before him. And this is what Saul, the king, said in verse 33. Because David was going and he saw, he said, man, I, somebody has to do something about this. This is not right. God, uh, use me. I'm available. I know I didn't wake up knowing this was going to happen. I know I didn't prepare myself uh, uh, this morning for this. But I got, something has to happen. And if there's no one else, God, use me. If there's no one else that's willing, use me. If there's no one else that's available, use me. 
But Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are only a youth. It says that. He really said that to them, to him. He said, you are only a youth. While he, Goliath, he been, he been doing this. He been doing this since he was young. But I love David's response. He said, but David said to Saul, your servant, me, was tending my father's sheep when a lion and a bear came and took a sheep from the flock. I went out after it and attacked it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when I rose up against, and when it rose up against me, I grabbed it by its mane and struck it and killed it. Oh my gosh, that is so gangster. Yo, David is a boss. He's saying what, what, what other people were afraid to do, I've been doing this. I've been doing this. I've been walking with the Lord. I've been see, I've seen him move. I've seen him work. I've seen him use me in a mighty way already. I've seen him show up in my own life. I'm not disqualifying myself. I'm not disqualifying what God can do. He said, what God, he said, I'm going to use the very thing that God had blessed me with before. I'm going to do it again. And you know the power in this is David saying, God has already prepared me. God has already made me ready. And that's the thing about being ready. It's not what you can do in your own strength. It's about what God has already done in you, what he's doing now, and what he's going to continue to do. Being ready isn't about how, what you can figure out, all the things that you, that you can know, all the ways that you can prepare yourself. It's about what God has done, what he is doing, and what he'll continue to do in and through you. Saul said to David, he said, you are just a youth. Yo, it's, it's like he's saying, yo, you just a middle school and high school student. What are you going to do? What can you, what can you achieve? And when the world says you're too young, when the world says it's not now, when the world says you can't follow God, when the world says you're not following Jesus, when the world says, no, put it off, procrastinate, you don't need to do it now. No, we need to listen to God and say, this is the week, this is the time. I'm following God now. I'm living for Jesus now. I'm doing what he called me to do now. I'm not listening to the world. I'm not listening to them. God, what are you calling me to do? What are you pushing me to do? What are you encouraging me to do? I'm stepping into that. This is the week. This is the moment. Imagine if David would have just went away because of what Saul said. Goliath would have never been defeated. And they would have never won the battle. Maybe David wouldn't have seen all the things that God can do through him. And I want to encourage you, don't miss what God wants to do in you, what God wants to do through you. God can do it. And you don't need to be ready in your own strength. You don't need to try to work on you. And a lot of us, maybe we're like, I can't follow Jesus. I got some things I need to work on. No, you are the problem. And with all honesty, we are the problem. We need the problem solver, and that is Jesus Christ. And he is the one that gives us strength. He is the one that wills us and gives us grace to step into all the things that he's called us to. I don't have time to talk about it. Maybe it'll be part two next week, talking about Timothy. But there's so many people in the Bible, so many young people, so many youth 
who stepped into what God called them to do. And I want to encourage you right where you are, it's not too early to follow Jesus. It's not too early to, to step into a calling. It's not too early to live with purpose. It's not too early to be set apart. It's not too early to read your Bible and to love Jesus and to pray for others and encourage them. There is no down the line. There is no later. This is the week. Ready or not, God's calling you to it. And God has something for you. And I want to encourage you, don't miss it. Being available is saying, God, what do you want to do in me? And what do you want to do through me? That's being ready. It's not about what you can do in your own strength. It's not about how much you can prepare yourself. Don't get me wrong, there is power in preparation. But one of the biggest things that you can do to prepare yourself is to posture your heart and saying, God, do in me what you want. I want your will. Do something in me and do something through me. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. There's many of us in this, in this space, and we've put off following Jesus. We've put off following God. Or maybe, maybe you already are a Christian, and there's some things that God's calling you into, maybe deeper waters, maybe taking next steps. And you've hesitated, you've procrastinated, and you say, no, not now. I don't know if I'm ready. No, this is the week. This is the week that you step into it. This is the week that you say yes to Jesus. This is the week that you say yes to all that God has for you. And there, your Goliath may be different. Your Goliath may be something different. I don't know what it is, but God is calling you to live a life of obedience to him to live a life that says yes to him. Oh man, the things that he can do on the other side of that. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, nor has it even entered into your heart all the things that God can do. God can do so much with your yes. And I don't want you to worry about tomorrow or next week or next month or next year. This is the moment. This is the time. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And I, I, there is someone in here, you're so close. You're so close. And I, I don't want to coerce you. I don't want to push you. I don't want to pressure you. I just want to say, why not now? Why not now? This is the moment. God is waiting for you. God wants you. God loves you so much that he's been after you. And you've been having thoughts and you've been thinking of it and you've been just this, deciding not to but God is still there and God loves you and God wants you and all of us in our own nature flee from God all of us turn away from God because of sin sin causes us to miss the mark sin causes us to fall, fall away from Jesus sin causes us not to live obedient to God and it's not too early and you're not too young this is the moment to say, I don't want to live a life of sin. I don't want to live separated from God. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, so that you can be in relationship with him. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, so that you can have a life of salvation, so you can have eternal life with the Father. God sent his one and only son, Jesus, so that you can be free and fulfilled. And all you have to do is say yes to Jesus. This is the moment, this is the week that you say, yes, God, I want all of you. Yes, God, I want to live for you.
I don't want to sin. I don't want to live a life of sin. I want to live a life that is honoring to you. I want to say yes to Jesus. And Jesus is here and he's available. We're going to say a prayer. And you're not going to say this prayer alone. But I want you to believe in your heart as we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is who he says he is, that he is the son of God, that he did come and die on the cross for our sins so that we can come back and be reconciled. We can come back and be in relationship with God. It's only by Jesus. And you're not going to say this prayer alone. Let's all say this prayer together. This is the week. Say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I want you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. I know that you died on the cross for me. I receive that sacrifice. And I make you my Lord and Savior. I am now a Christian. And Christ now lives in me. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey church, True North Youth is happening on Wednesday nights right here at our Mullica Hill campus at 7 o'clock. It's from 7 to 8.30 and we really want to cultivate an environment of just relationships and encouragement right here at youth. So no matter where your student finds themselves during the week, whether they have a, a good week at school or a bad week at school, where they're struggling in sports or wherever they may find themselves, they can come in on a Wednesday night and experience some encouragement, some hope, some peace that they can come in during praise and worship and have a God encounter. And we really believe that when they come into youth on a Wednesday night, they're gonna leave changed, empowered, and encouraged. So we would love to host your students here at youth seven o'clock right here at our Mullica Hill campus. We would love to see them out.